Hey everyone, welcome back to the Devil's Advocates podcast. I'm JP, I'm joined with Brad Pack and Jake, as per usual. Um, and uh, I guess we should just start with what Sarah Valley said earlier today on DFO Rundown about how the Devils are kind of looking to keep Schmid in the AHL next season. Are you trying to say we're going to be talking goalies this episode? Oh, I'm, I'm absolutely <laughs> saying that. Yeah, yeah, man, you just you just get right into it. There was, um, you know, at least we got names in the introduction, but um, yeah, we should probably preface this episode with this is the goalie speculation episode uh, because there is a lot of buzz around Devils goalies right now, and I'm going to be honest, I really didn't expect there to be quite this much. I thought that, you know, a move was possible, but that Vanacek and Schmid were kind of the guys, and, <clears throat> you know, Fitzgerald is usually very calm cool and collected when he says things and you know i expected his mantra for the summer to be yeah no we're cool with what we have but if something comes along you know we won't say no kind of thing uh just felt very fitzgerald but yeah like sarah Valley said the devils are looking to keep schmid in the ahl for most if not all of the year if they can so that brings us here to speak about goalie moves and all the crazy things that can happen because as we all know, the goalie market is like, whose line is it anyway, where the points are made up and, you know, nothing makes sense or nothing is real or I probably should have gotten that quote, um, you know, before we started here. Um, so where do we want to start, boys? Uh, I think it's actually everything is made up and the points don't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that would have been really, really smart that, of me to look up right before we well, started. That quote came out before he was alive. So it's kind of brutal. He had a correct <laughs> Yeah, how does that make you feel? Hey, listen, uh, when I was sick in like third grade, while everyone else was watching Family Feud, I was I was flipping the channel to whose line is it anyway, okay? I saw, I watched a fair amount. Yeah, no, love that show growing up. But as far as uh, the goalie market does go, uh, I think it is pretty apparent that we are very much in the mix on probably at least a couple names out there, just keeping feelers and talking to different teams. Um Multiple different insiders from Saravelli to Friedman have brought us up uh, in connection to goalies. Um, nothing directly tied, um, although there's been some contention about the verbiage used by both of those guys on how much they are linking us to a goalie or another. Uh, we do know from a presser that Tom gave, I think it was it was either shortly after it was either the Timor Brat deals or it was like one of the season ending ones, but that they talk goalies almost every day in the management office yep um whether it's internally or externally just what are we looking at and again i mean we as a fan base know this roster is fairly stacked from a forward perspective and if our young guns um i mean even we luke is a safe bet i would say and even if nemich isn't ready we have that stopgap that we brought in with miller we have a more than capable defense, even if you want to argue it maybe takes a half step back on the early part of the season. I think by the end of the season, it will be a clear upgrade overall. Um, so really, the only question mark is, I would say, playoff goaltending, as Vanacek gave us an insanely solid regular season. Uh, above average is probably putting it a little lightly. He wasn't an elite goalie in the league, but he was way more than serviceable. Mm -hmm. And then um, Blackwood was, eh, you know, he had his moments. He had some downtimes. He was mostly injured. And then Schmidt played a solid regular season. And then we all know what he did in the playoffs as well. So to kind of bring that full circle, when we're talking goalies, there's a few names out there. The big ones obviously being Hellebuck. Uh, we know Gibson's being tossed around. How much you want to really call him a big name or not mm -hmm. still. Uh, I see whispers of Soros how much he actually is available, we're going to get into. Uh, and then obviously the Boston goalies are still being tossed around there. Uh, and I even have a, a little list thrown together, maybe some wild card options that probably none of them would be my preference. I'd probably just rather stick with Vanacek and Schmid. But if the Cerevelli, um report is to be uh, followed, they want Schmid down in the AHL for, if not a majority, the entire year. So if that is the case, they're at least looking to bring in someone else to back up Vanacek, if not bring in someone to fully split or move Vanacek into more of a backup type role. So if um, we hold all that to be true, who would your guys' number one acquisition be 
not just from a fills the net and is the best goalie option, but I'm talking full circle. I'm talking assets you'd have to give up, long-term outlook with the goalie, contract, the whole the whole package. What are you guys looking at? Swayman. No doubt. Interesting. Is that not? Elaborate. Um, Swayman is really good already, and he's only 24. And Allmark just obviously had one of the greatest seasons, like, ever. So I'm sure the Bruins are kind of inclined to keep that. And his contract is probably going to be pretty reasonable compared to, say, Hellebuck or Saros' next contract. Um, and I feel like he would be kind of the cheapest to acquire. Isn't that kind of... I mean, I think Swayman's better than Vanacek, but wasn't that kind of the approach we took with Vanacek of going with kind of what's the most affordable and just kind of hope he steps up and works out. I, I, I kind of get the vibe that, you know, whether actually, you know, I'm not really answering the question here because this isn't like what I think, but I feel like, you know, in, in putting in Fitzgerald's shoes here, it feels like they're leaning more towards taking the swing on one of the big name, you know, maybe more money, but a little more security at least in terms of we've had a couple guys that you know, we had some patience with when the team wasn't really at its peak yet that we could see, you know, hey, we'll see if this works out, you know, get a reasonable deal. But I feel like now that the team, you know, after last year making it to the second round and putting up 110 points and being the, you know, powerhouse favorite that they've turned into, I don't know. I feel like I feel like Swayman would, would come in a little underwhelming. Would you believe me if I told you that Swayman was ninth in the league in goals saved above expected? Uh, for the sake of whatever you're about to tell me, in addition to that, I'm going to say no. You know, screw you, man. I don't, I don't well, believe you. Uh, yes, he was, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he was he was really, really good last year. Like, underratedly good, because obviously Omar had the spotlight there, you know. Um, but, I mean, in 37 games, he had 24 goals saved above expected. So, like, he's a really, really serviceable goaltender already. And I, I mean, again, he's only 24 and as temperamental as goalies are, if you get a 24 year old, that's in like the 91st percentile for goaltenders in the league, like give, give me that, give me that. Yeah. So I'm, I love Swayman. I think from a age and track record point of view, he is, if not the best, he's at least at least top three of a goalie that we could acquire. Um, really, for me, it is the age factor. If he is this going forward, he lines up so perfectly with our core that yeah. it, that's like you have your team. Yeah. You, your goalie is locked up. You have your forward. You have your defense. Like it's a wrap. You don't have to worry about any sort of aging curve or him burning out or... Uh, there's always injury concerns with goalies, as we know. We, we ran into that with Corey previously. Uh, so nothing is obviously a sure thing in this sport. But my only hesitation on Swayman is with Boston basically figuring out their cap situation, it looks like. Uh, it seems like they could make it work with their remaining RFAs and to fill out their roster and running it back with Swayman Olmark. I think it's actually going to be kind of hard to pry him from them now at this point. Uh, in before when they still had Hall, uh, and we're maybe still thinking about bringing like Pertuzzi back and all that other stuff. Um, I think it could have been a lot easier, but with the moves that they're making, especially if you consider that Bergeron, Krejci aren't coming back, and they're Boston, they are not going to go into a rebuild. They are going to try and compete a year in and year out. They are not looking for futures. They probably are going to look for these go this goalie tandem to buoy them through an entire season. Uh, so with that, I think if you did want to try and pry Swayman from them, you're giving up some roster guys, at least one if not two, and at least probably a pick. Uh, if high-ish, I don't, I don't know if he would come in at a first, uh, but, I mean, he's got to be highly coveted, right? I mean, his, his numbers, even if you just want to go from the boring stats... Uh, I'm very much a goal save above expected guy. I think the other stats are a lot more team oriented. Yep. Uh, 
that they, they just it factors in way too much. Uh, so, but if you did want to go with the boring one, I mean, the guy is not put under uh, a 900 in the NHL. Actually, he hasn't put under a nine nine one four was his worst NHL season. Last year, he was a 920 in 37 games. I don't put a huge amount of stock in it because Boston was just the wagon, just, uh, just unstoppable force in the regular season. He did get lit up in the playoffs a bit, but I don't fault him for that because he basically got brought in super cold when Olmark was getting shelled and was just fed to the dogs that when Florida was rolling over them. So before that, in five playoff games, he put up a 9-1-1. And when you're putting in, like, I think his average here, you're looking at almost a 9 a nine two seven ish uh, NHL over 88 NHL games. You're almost pushing a 9-3 save percentage average. That's not nothing. And once again, when you factor in his age, but he's an RFA, he is young, he's valuable. Uh, so uh, to me, the acquisition cost might be the barrier to getting him. Now, yeah, you, I, mean, I, saw your, I saw your face a little bit on that one, JP, of how much he might cost to get. What what do you think his acquisition cost would be? Um, if Boston is, you know, actually trying to still compete, um, I they all. well right. It's Boston, right? Of course, but since let me let me say since they're trying to compete, um, I am kind of projecting. I, I'm going off of uh, evolving hockey's model here. Um, he Swayman should be getting somewhere in the fours. Um, for however long um but if they're willing to supplement vanacek for swayman because they are still trying to compete and vanacek is obviously more than serviceable as a second goaltender um i could see something like vanacek maybe a third rounder and then like a young up-and-coming nhl level player like nolan foot for example why would Boston take that though? If if Swayman's only going to make what a million more than Vanacek, why why even do that? Yeah, What's I don't. I'm not do a PP on this one. I don't. I don't think that makes sense for Boston. I think they need. So I, I agree where Nolan Foot maybe comes in with having a cheaper contract. They need cheap contracts. They need cost controlled guys. But Foot isn't an established proven NHLer. They need that. Uh, so you're probably talking um, <laughs> with our roster. I mean, most of our guys are locked in. Um, well, yeah, that's the problem. I, I think so. I don't think we would give this up, but I guarantee if those discussions, no, I don't guarantee. My thought would be if those discussions were had, they're looking at Dawson Mercer. They're asking for Mercer. Probably. I just, I don't see anyone else on our roster that's established NHL that is movable, young, and is going to be someone they want going forward, whether it's center or at wing. He just makes way too much sense for them. And his play style also would very much fit in with Boston. I don't know if we give. I don't think we give Mercer up though, to get Swayman, and I think that would be a pretty hard line in the ground from Boston. So if if you're that in on Swayman, and Boston saying it's it's Mercer, or or no deal in this. However, we could then discuss you know whether we're adding or they're adding at that point because now you know Mercer Swayman. I think there's an argument for who really needs to add a little bit more on either side. What are your thoughts on that? Are you moving Mercer for for no. Swayman? Exactly. Not, no. I just and again, I don't think we move Vitek out for him because they want Schmidt in the AHL. So it's either they're looking for a backup or they're looking for someone to play ahead of Vanacek or at least balance that, you know, again, one A, one B type situation. So it's with trying with the it in mind that Schmidt the idea is to put him down. In the AHL, for me, it makes a lot of these goalie acquisitions a lot more complicated. Right. Well, that's the thing, too, because you're not really... Or at least the, the, the goalies that are available outside of Gibson, who I don't want, but that's a tangent we can get on later. Mm-hmm. Um, none of the teams are rebuilding, so they're not going to want futures, and what we have a surplus of right now is futures. So it's tough. It's really tough. And the one, the one thing we don't have is a first-round pick next year because of the Timo Meyer condition. So we're kind of hands are tied there, you know, in terms of being able to offer that. I believe we can actually trade that. We can. Sure. Our 2024 first. Yeah. 
I think it's it would just tied up. I think it would just slide to 2025 if we were to move it. Uh, I'll um, double check. I'll double check it right now. Um, but yeah. while I'm while I'm pulling that up, um, was there any other? Uh, while we're on Boston, is there anything that would make you want to go after Olmark? Half retention and us not giving up a whole lot. So coming not, off of, uh, coming half. off of Vezina season, it's impossible. It right. just his value is just so inflated right now. Whether he is a Vezina you know, goalie for the rest of his career or not. Uh, it's it just so inflated right now that buying on him right now would be so, so overpriced. Yeah, no, I, yeah, there's, I don't think there's a world in which we get Allmark. Unless they, like, unless Boston commits to, hey, we're rolling with Swayman as our number one. So we are giving up on Omar completely. So here's Omar, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is not going to happen. Right. So clarification on our first round pick, as long as I'm understanding this correctly. So uh, our first first rounder, obviously the pick was made. We were in a top two pick. Uh, so that was already moved. Uh, the other pick we moved was a 2024 second round pick with the following conditions. If we make the Eastern Conf- if we had made the Eastern Conference Finals this past season, and Meyer had played in fifty percent of the games, the pick would have became the twenty twenty four first. We did not make the Eastern Conference Finals, so it does not become that first. So uh, that condition was not was not that made. that doesn't uh, apply to next year either. No. So the only thing, so the only hypothetical where it would have then slid to twenty twenty five was. If we made the Eastern Conference Finals, Meyer played 50% of the games, the uh, second would have became a 2024 first instead of a second. And then if that 2024 first was top 10, then it then we keep we would have kept it and it would have right, slid right. to 2025 no protections. We okay, didn't so, make the Eastern Conference Finals, so it's just a second we have our first. Okay, our first is totally in play. I uh, you know what, to be honest as the, as the playoffs wrapped up, I had kind of forgot to update my knowledge of that i was still working under the trade (laughs) deadline knowledge you know that trade had a lot of parts to it so i understand not knowing all the nuances of those conditions and stuff on it yeah so um one name that i think was we already brought up but want to kind of discuss a little more in depth um which i feel like has been presented as the second biggest possibility or you know maybe second or third debatably but when we look at age term salary and you know level of elite we'll call it i feel like uc soros has been in a lot of these conversations um i feel like the big three names which we'll kind of you know get to one by one here are hellebuck soros and gibson um if gibson is even on the move there's we'll, we'll talk about the drama there but um i feel like soros if there were to be a move made would be the best fit uh for the devils he's 28 he's still got two years left at five million um, you know, we're not handing out an eight year, nine and a half million dollar contract right now. There, there's still some wiggle room there. The big thing, just like we talked about with Swayman, I think, unfortunately, is even more true for Nashville now that Barry Trotz has stepped in and has made it clear that he's really not, you know, he, he, he's there to, to, to really, really shake things up and, and try to, you know, make that team competitive. Um, you know, will, will Nashville part with Soros? What do we think? Probably not. No. <laughs> All right, got my answer. <laughs> hard, hard no. Um, with Soros, I'm pretty positive Trotz had already made comments that it was highly, highly unlikely, or whatever words he used, that Soros was going to be on the move. Uh, something tells me the only way that happens was one of those can't say no packages or, you know, McDavid on 50% or something, you know, stupid that just is not <laughs> happening. <laughs> right. Especially when you look at the rest of their um, off-season moves. I mean, they brought in Ryan O'Reilly for four years at 32 years old. That does not scream to me a team that's looking to rebuild or even retool. That looks to me like a team that has a very strong goalie, has a defense, uh, fairly veteran-type defense, and then is supplementing their offense with Nashville Barry Trotz-type players. And... To me, it just I, I see no scenario where we offer any package close that would make them think of moving Soros. 
I agree that if we could handpick any goalie, uh, two years at five mil, you got a little bit of retention on that. Perfect scenario, really. I think there's one other goalie with a little bit of retention that's also on a very short-term deal that we're going to talk about that also makes sense, that has some other caveats to it. Uh, but that one, you know, Soros to me, I, I just, I don't see it. I don't see any scenario where we give up anything close to what it would take. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think Nashville is selling on Soros. I think if there is a goaltender in Nashville that's on the move, it's Askarov, to be honest with you, because I think Trotz is so set on not rebuilding that you know he would sell his uh his stud prospect goalie before he sells his current stud goalie i yeah. could see that but uh, that i think is uh is it askarov or askarov i think it's askarov uh, askarov would be very expensive yes very very yeah very expensive which i wouldn't mind doing that but what it would cost would, would, I think, set us back from where we're... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not the, the window's open. We're not... I don't yeah. think we're trading for big pieces no. for, for, for a window that's, you know, opening in the future. Um, so the other... I actually, real quick, I, I agree with both of you that I think Saros would be the best fit if we could somehow land him. I don't think they're selling. I just... I just don't think he's anywhere near the market, um, you know, and we're not really in the business of overpaying you know making those offers you know someone can't refuse like we're, we're so set we're, we're really looking to add stuff that makes sense and we have the capital to do so but we're not you know trying to make bonehead moves um but i think we should talk about the the biggest name that the devils have been linked to and um i i said this i don't remember if i said this in the uh episode that got scrapped or the episode that we re-recorded i, I don't know i don't know which which cut it made uh but <laughs> Um, it feels nice that the Devils are one of those teams now that when a big-name player hits the market, I feel like you usually see the same like five or six teams linked every single time. Like, No matter what the, the fit is, it's always like, you know, guy hits market and it's like, here's who's interested. Boston, Vegas, the Rangers, the Maple Leafs, like, you know, and it's just like, you know, who, who, who's in the arms race that is in on everyone? And it's really, really nice that we're starting to see the Devils on those lists. I feel like every guy that comes up now, it's like, you know, teams that this would make sense for, teams that are interested, Devils, right at the top of the list every time. But the big one on the, on the market right now that we've been linked to kind of heavily, I'd say, is Hellebuck out of Winnipeg. However, there's some baggage that comes with this one because the reports out, I think from pretty much everyone, whether it's Weeks or Saravelli or any national reporter, has been saying that the big hiccup in trying to acquire Hellebuck is that he wants Vasilevsky money. He's talking $9.5 million. He's 30, 31, I don't know, 30 turning 31. Wants, you know, this is his, this is him chasing the bag. This is his big payday. This is his, you know, big contract. What do we, what do we think here? Uh, so he's, he's 30, turned it a couple months ago. So you can basically assume, okay. you know, full season play. He, this would be his 30 year old season essentially. Uh, he was the other name I was referencing as far as a big name, short-term contract that is appetizing just for a rental type run. You look at our roster, you look that one year on Hellebuck, he has been consistently elite for years and years and years. No injury history, absolute workhorse that plays an obscene amount of games. If we were somehow able to make the cap work where he came in uh, would have to be retained while holding on to Vanacek. Almost every scenario previously that I came up with was moving Vanacek out to get Hellebuck because Winnipeg also still wants to try and be somewhat relevant. Uh, they don't want just pure futures. They want some at least some guys that are going to be able to play on their roster. I did not see how the money worked. But, you know, even a little retention plus Vanacek on the way out. So we would need, at, you know, we'd have to get 50% retention here. I could even see a scenario where if we're looking to keep Vanacek in this, Hellebuck retained, get another team involved, another retention for a year there. Now you're really talking, uh, depending on the cost there, if we could get a rental price on him, I would absolutely do that. I would be all for that. Let, you know, uh, Tom's big thing with everybody he's acquired, Timo, he's talked about it with Defoley. Paula, uh, 
we want these guys to come in. He didn't even talk extensions with Meyer until after the year. He's not going to talk to Toffoli until after the year. He didn't talk to Halla until after the year. Come here. See what's cooking here. See what this locker room and how young and energetic and skilled this team is. Look at what Jersey has to offer and take a goddamn discount to come and play here. <laughs> and let's build a dynasty. The Devils are coming. With Hellebuck, for me, I think one of the biggest selling points is I, another one that Timo loved was that travel schedule, baby. Jersey travel schedule compared to Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Woo! Oh, man. Yeah, Winnipeg, I, feel- I think, is one of the worst. And you compare that to Jersey, even I mean, he's going to play less. He would If we kept Vanacek especially, but even if we had Schmid with him, uh, if it had to work out that way, he's going to play, potentially would play a lot less games. He's not going to end the season on a 14-game bender and be exhausted for playoffs. And he's going to sleep in his bed 30 or 40 more nights a, a season, like Graves said. So, yeah. Well, to, to that point real quick, and this is just a side note, uh, do you guys know how many times the New Jersey Devils are getting on a plane in the month of October this season? I, I say did two. One time. Single time. Wow. They are getting on an airplane one time because they have mostly home games and the away games are, you know, Long Island, Manhattan, Philadelphia, you know, Boston, Man, whatever they are. That would have been they, sick in like February, March. I'll take it, but. Yeah, yeah. But no, you're right. I mean, coming from a place like Winnipeg, you got to think that is a massive, massive thing. The only thing that's very interesting with the price of Hellebuck is they're not trading him because they are, you know, reconstructing their roster. They're trading him because he doesn't want to come back. He's he's the one asking out here. So you got to think that they're not looking for futures. You know, this isn't the initiation of a rebuild like other teams that get rid of, you know, uh, their, their star goalie like this. So they are going to want, you know, retool NHL ready players. Like you said, they're not really looking to slow down too much here, you know. For all intents and purposes, before he asked out, they made the playoffs this year. I don't think they were looking to slow down at all. So it kind of we kind of come back to that same you know conversation we just had with Swayman, where money's money. You know, we obviously they have to make the money work, but what like true NHL talents do we have that are at least relatively expendable? Not much. I don't think we have any, to be completely honest with you. I, I think the the big hitch in kind of our, our goalie stuff now is that apparently we want Schmidt in the AHL. You know, like if we didn't want Schmidt in the AHL, then there's a possibility of Vanacek getting moved uh, and then Schmidt playing backup. But if we don't want Schmidt in yeah. that role, then, you know, like I... Right. With Vanacek off the table, that changes everything. Right. Completely. I I completely agree with you guys. Uh, I wanted to make at least one other point, but I do want to dive a bit more into the cap situation around that because I think if there was, if Tom could make it work, he would. Uh, The other thing is, while I would prefer it to be a rental price and move, I don't think Winnipeg wants it to be because they are under no obligation to move him. They can just hold him. He could get moved at the deadline. Or, you know, who knows how exactly it plays out. They maybe I had heard that they're still trying to convince him to stay and re-sign there. As they should. I, and I do know, I believe Hellebuck is actually a pretty big nature and, like, ice fishing guy. So it's not even like he's a big, I hate it in Winnipeg. I want to get out of here like a lot of other players. He does apparently mm-hmm. like the more serene in nature uh, options that Winnipeg has to offer. Not New a Jersey's guy. perfect there. Yeah, ice fishing is abundant here, <laughs> year-round. Uh I mean, ice fishing may not be, but fishing, New Jersey's incredible. Fish, yeah, it's a little different. Fishing and ice fishing, little. Sure. A little bit yeah, different vibes. I, you know, tomato, tomato, I'm doing what I can here. <laughs> I, I'm not against extending him. I am not extending him for heli, a heli contract. Or heli. I, um, oh, God, just bassy contract. It's, that money, uh, that term, no shot. You give me hella buck at you know, five years, if you know, basically the shorter, the better for me, but you know, you gotta, you gotta give to, to take care. So, you know, five years, um, let's say, you know, try and meet him in the middle a little bit. He's going to take a discount. Seven is probably where I'd want to start trying to like convince him to stay. And like, that's even, cause I don't think he takes less than that. I just don't see a world where he 
takes the shorter term and much less money outside of he loves it. He, like He's like, this is my dream come true. Oh, my God, jerseys is hidden gem. Thank you, Tom, for that PowerPoint. How could I ever have missed this? It, it, it's hard. So, yeah, I, you know, as we're talking about it, you know, hella buck me. It's a hard, again, with Schmidt going down, keeping Vanacek, it's hard to see how you make it work. Yep. The only roster, he's not even a roster guy, that I could see being the big piece of the trade outside of, you know, a first-round pick and stuff is Holtz. And again, Holtz is an ELC contract. I mean, that again, we're talking money is tight here uh, as we're trying to fit all these guys. Those ELCs are very valuable. Uh, when you factor in how much is a guy bringing and how much is he costing, are you moving out an ELC of a guy that can be a top six player for you going forward? Ugh. Look, just get Hellebuck in New Jersey. Let me take him to Hoagie Haven in Princeton one time. You'll get him at 5.5. I guarantee it. <laughs> I'll, I, I'm down for it. I'll take you up Dude, on that. Hoagie Haven <laughs> rocks. <laughs> let, 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 me get him, let, him, let me get him down to the shore. For one day, we have $4 million for uh, for Connor Hellebuck. No, but um, the money, that's, you know, it's we're almost hitting like a catch-22 with all of these guys here where – the acquisition cost and the salary cap, you know, we're, we we pride ourselves on being so locked in and set with the guys that we have. But unfortunately, when it comes to making upgrades, you really can't be locked and set with all the guys you have. You got to, you know, you got to give to get, like you said. Um, so I want to throw, actually, no, before I throw out a couple other names, um, the, the third kind of bigger goalie that was alleged to be on the market then put out a pretty firm statement saying he's not on the market um we got to talk about this gibson situation out in anaheim (laughs) because the report came out that john gibson had asked for a trade and said the quote was aggressive the the quote was along the lines of i will never play another game for the anaheim ducks like it it was it was an aggressive direct quote and then literally hours later the the statement from uh, Gibson's lawyer or his agent uh, comes out, and it was a it was a letter written directly to Frank Saravelli, which is hilarious. By the way, it's not even that he puts out a statement saying, you know, hey, this is where we're at. He wrote it directly to Mister Frank awesome. and said, "Listen, listen, bud, you got your shit all wrong. My client <laughs> never said that." You know, he just went straight at him like, you did not check in with us. We never said that. You know, shame on you for putting that out into the world. And Mr. Saravelli himself actually clapped back. He clapped back at him and said, listen, pal, you know, I'm not I'm not your bud, pal. Uh, He went back at him and said, remember the last time that you said that I, you know, falsified a report? And he he came with receipts. He posted the screenshots of um, you know the agent saying he was wrong about something else and then the thing that he said came true like a day later um, and, and fully went at him here. So all of this is to say that we have no idea where Gibson sits on the market right now. It may be true that he wants out. It may not be true that he wants out. As of right now, he's saying that he doesn't, but the reports came out that maybe he does you know, behind closed doors. So I think we should discuss the the option anyway. Um, I feel kind of the same way, um, you know, maybe some of the points we made about Hellebuck where, you know, the money I think is going to be the the big thing here. But what do you guys think? I don't even think it's the money. I think he's just a shitty goaltender. I got got a couple (laughs) things uh, because this is actually going to bounce us around a little bit. So with Gibson, the statement is agent released, never outright said at any point in any way, that he was adamant about staying. It did not really dispute the fact that he wants out. It, it pushed back against the okay. I'm never going to play another game in Anaheim point. It said that Gibson loved the fans. It did not say Gibson wants to stay. So to okay. me, that was insanely telling. Uh, to take a slight slide back, I was really playing around with the money here. Assuming Kevin Ball signs for 1.11-ish, right? It's got to be really close to that 1.1, yeah. if not lower. 
you yeet Brendan Smith down to the AHL. There's no penalty to do so. You can bury his full contract. And, and I, I have to cut you off real quick. Not Colin Miller. He is staying in the Correct. NHL. I Correct. learned that very firmly. Uh, please don't kick me off the podcast. <laughs> We're still thinking about it. Uh, so, that, so that's Nemich coming up. And then uh, actually, if Nemich stays down and Smith stays up, the money still works, but it's a lot, lot tighter. If you get Hellebuck at basically 50% retained, it's like whatever the math I did was like 45% or whatever it was, but basically 50% retained just by Winnipeg. I sent nothing back because I just wanted to see if we could get him and keep our full roster. With a 22-man roster, we would have 615000 in cap space. Keeping Vanacek, Helly basically 50% retained, Kevin Ball at a 1.1, and then you can make it work with Nemitz or Smith, and then it's the uh, forward group with Holtz and Foote on their ELCs. And it works. Yikes. Another thing I wanted to throw out real quick is if Schmidt is a lock, let's just assume Schmidt's a lock for the AHL. Does Shalagrin get that backup role and VV does go back in a Hellebuck trade? Shalgren's the backup for the season behind Hellebuck. Schmidt's in the AHL for the year and he comes up to really be the playoff backup if Shalgren's not like blowing our minds or anything. I mean, Shalgren's on a, nine, a 775 deal. He's even cheaper. Uh, there's, to be honest, I, there. I don't understand that. I don't understand getting him at all because, um, you know, well, wanting it, to keep Schmidt in the AHL. It's I mean, dogs dog being hurt. I guess. I, it just it feels like they're committing to, you know, Shalgren being the backup to Vanacek as opposed to making one of these moves that we're discussing right now. And I, I do not think that's the move at all. I don't think I don't I don't think that's the case. I think Dawes is going to be out I don't I, months to start the season, um, so he's going to be out a really long time. So if even if Schmid is in the AHL, Shalgren's going to be the backup for Schmid, probably. Right. So Shalgren AHL, Colin Miller NHL. Got it. Yeah, it's I I would be there again. Like you know, I said um, he's there to be the Dawes injury cover stopgap, yeah. however you want to put it. For sure. But again, I was just like, how how could the money work? How could we make the Senational roster as best as it possibly could be? How do you make the money work? Three teams. And yes. That was the other one. That had brought you make it a three team trade, double retention. Again it can work. But then you're probably talking I mean, you're moving at least the first, if not another pick with Hellebuck. You gotta move um at least a roster player. And a prospect, probably. And then you also have to throw out at least probably a second round pick just to, you know, third round pick, um, it, at least that area to get another team interested in holding retention for the year. And it's doable, but you're, you're throwing a lot in. Like yep. you're, you're basically, your capital for any sort of trade deadline acquisition is essentially out the door, but... But we get hella buck. Oof, I mean, we're favorites, right? I, I, I don't see any other way. So. I mean, yeah, we're already arguably favorites. Yeah. How so, to hella buck. I thought we moved on to Gibson. <laughs> so with Gibson, I'm with JP. I'm really not interested. Yeah. Yeah. It's to me, <laughs> to me, if if he was what he was. I'd be interested if he had those insane seasons and was just getting buried, uh, you know, win loss wise by being on Anaheim. I'm there. I mean, this is technically, this was his first season under 900, but you are taking a big risk because he is still 6.4 for four more seasons. If I'm getting four seasons of a guy, I want to be sure. I want to be sure that, he is going to play at that level because that's that's one of those moves that you make that and you are risking ruining this window. Or at least putting yourself in such a bind to get out from under it that it's just a massive headache that you did not need to give yourself. Yeah, I mean, I think the key word in all of that was was, you know. Uh, he isn't a good goalie. 
he hasn't been a good goalie for a few years now. If you want to go, like, the, the cope route, yeah, he was good at one point, and yeah, he's playing in front of probably the worst defense in the past 20 years. But, even looking at goals saved above expected, which is less of a team stat than an individual stat, he sucks. He's, he's just bad. <laughs> Remember how we talked before this episode about being nice? <laughs> yeah. No. No. No, that's not going to happen on this <laughs> podcast, I'm sure. Uh, if if we don't like a guy... We're not, we're not going to try to get John Gibson on? Like I mean, I'd love that. I mean, that'd be awesome, but yeah. he's not going to be here. So, yeah, it's it's just rough. Again, if I would love for him to get acquired by some team and he has a decent bounce back, but for where where we are, it's not worth the risk. It's just, with, if he was only one year, if he had one year on this contract, and nothing else was out there, and you told me we could keep Vanacek and grab him. That's like the only scenario I'm even like listening. But four years, no shot. Even then, no dude, shot. I wouldn't touch him with a ten foot ball. Like seriously, it, it. I trust. I trust um, our goalie department and Kane and uh, Delos to be very smart in who we are going after. And looking at goal saved above expected. And even uh, for anyone that uh, I'm actually, I'm a big PDO cast listener. I love Dimitri. I love the, the content he brings out. Definitely give them a listen. Uh, they were talking, they did a full episode on goalies and fits. Uh, they had, they were using an analytic tool. I think it's, uh, do you know what I'm talking about JP? Where it basically does, um, it tracks the type of shots uh, goalies give uh, up the high danger chances from. So basically, are they weak on their glove side? Are they weak uh, uh, rebound-wise? Yada, yada, yada. And it basically tries to match style of goalie with their weak points to teams that give up those less than anybody. That's not stat uh, cast, is it? I think, it, I think it's stat cast. Yeah. Um, they actually had did a dive on Hellebuck going to us. And one of their things was the thing Hellebuck is weakest at is actually something our defense gives up the most of. Woo! Their counter, though, was basically the thing he's weak at is the thing basically every goalie is weak at. And it's the thing most teams give up the most of. We do it a bit more than some other teams, comparatively. Uh, we were, I think we were in like the bottom third of that uh, in the league. Uh, but it's just, you know, I think it was like, you know, uh, like high gl uh, glove or high blocker side shots. It's just the thing goalies are going to give up. But... You know, maybe, you know, you look at... I wish I had, like, access to that because then I could really narrow down on the goalie I'd be looking for, but that's something the team... Ha what I'm getting at is that's something the team has access to. Right. And so I would trust them to find that right fit when we are look if if they're looking for that franchise goalie. And maybe that's, like, a swayman, but, again, cost to acquire, very difficult. Gibson, probably not worth the risk, especially on that long-term contract. Hellebuck's tough to make the money work, but doable. We have a, It's doable. There are routes to make it work. But if the make that work, you almost feel obligated to get the extension, and there's another roadblock in the team wanting to do it. Yeah, respectfully with the extension, fuck that. Yeah, no good. So I know we're getting pretty close so, on time here. Was there any other comments on the big names that we discussed before I'm going to rapid fire some wild card hot take maybe this person is a thought in their minds as just a stopgap to whatever long-term plan they have like you know maybe soros when he only has one year left if nashville crash and burns this season soros is available next year and so they want to be have that option available or right you know there's always something next year or the year after where we're still going to be super competitive yeah, one name that I think doesn't really fit into quite the wild cards that I think is still worth mentioning and kind of the more main crew, at least, is uh, Logan Thompson. I feel like he's a little more in the Swayman camp of things where he's 26, so he's, I mean, he's young enough. I wouldn't say, you know, super young, but 26 is, is young enough. His numbers are pretty similar. His goals against average is a little bit higher. I don't know what he is uh, above expected. I have to check that. Um, save percentage is pretty similar. Um, but in terms of cost of acquisition, I think 
uh, you know, Vegas has made it clear they're they're kind of moving forward with Aiden Hill, and Logan Thompson has made it clear that he does not want to share his net. So it seems like he's going to be on the market, and I think he's a pretty formidable option. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'd I'd totally be in for Logan Thompson. I think he's pretty good. Um, this year, uh, just since you mentioned it, goal saved of expected in thirty seven games, he saved exactly one tenth of one goal above expected. Wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that's that's definitely a name that I would be interested in. Um, I think he would be a lot cheaper than any of the options that we've mentioned so far, um, especially because Vegas yeah. is committed to Aiden Hill. So my only my biggest pushback on that is yeah sure I'd be interested probably you know if he had to be traded probably is not too expensive relatively to some other guys but uh, I kind of discussed this on my morning show when I did the goalie episode I see absolutely no reason why Vegas would move him Vegas is a cap spending team he is making less than seven hundred sixty seven thousand he is clearly a capable enough goalie. If he doesn't want to share a net with Aiden Hill, tough luck. You've tough luck. I mean, play or don't. I guess I don't see why Vegas forces their hand. Uh, Leonard's out probably for his career. I mean, I hope he's back. I you know I'm a big Leonard fan, but yeah. I, I I don't see why they move him. He's so cheap. They're going to spend to the cap, uh, even if they. I don't, it just may, I don't see why they do it. I, it makes no sense to me why. Because in their depth, they have uh, their oldest goalie is Patera, 24. Everyone else is 22, 21, 20. I don't know if they're looking to throw those guys in to the Sharks. On you know, What are the goalies are out there that they're going to acquire that's going to be as cheap as him? I mean, I'm going to throw out a couple names that are going to be a little bit more expensive. But then why would they want to spend more money when they already have a guy? It just, to me, sure, it maybe makes sense for us. I don't see why it makes sense for them. Right. So I'm going to throw out some random names. We're going to do it real quick. I think it's going to go really easy because you're going to hate basically all of these. Great. <laughs> this is no particular order. I'm just going to throw the names out, right? And I'm going to give my little notes that I had. I'll let you guys give your thoughts, and I'm going to quickly move on. So another name that we know was being looked to move due to cap reasons, Matt Murray. Matt, well, on Matt not. Murray I, was for, I, us, for us to even make the money work, we probably have to have a – We'd have to have Toronto retain, which they don't want to. And we'd probably have to bring another team in to retain, which we don't want to do that either. Right. No. Nope. for Matt Murray. Good. We're all in agreement. No shot. Anyone that's arguing for Matt Murray, I don't I don't know where you're coming from. There's that a few was other so ones. bad that I almost don't want to hear the rest. <laughs> okay, it, it gets it almost gets worse. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so I'm gonna move on to LA. They are currently carrying three goalies. They got Talbot, who has a no-trade clause. I don't think they're looking to move him. They just re-signed him, I think, at that one-mil contract. They've got uh, Phoenix Copley, no-trade protections, 1.5. And then they got David Riddich at 175000 All of these guys are pending UFAs. I believe all three of them were just signed to these extensions uh, on the one year. I don't see why a team's going to carry three goalies, but when all three of your goalies are totaling out at 3.375, not like it's a cap issue for them there. It really just stuck out to me as teams typically don't carry three. None of them are waiver exempt, so they would have to go through waivers. So there is maybe a trade route there with them. What are your guys' thoughts on uh, anything stick out to you on those three? I'd say okay to Phoenix Copley. That's about it. No, I just don't think that any of those, you know, kind of how we talked about, uh, you know, a couple of the trade options that we discussed were like, oh, yeah, that sounds good for us. But why would they do that? I think it's kind of the opposite here where it's like, you know, that's not what we're going for. We're not going for a guy like Phoenix Copley. If we're going to make a move, we're going to make a move. And that's not it. Right. Did any uh, just real quick, um, if you have it in front of you, JP, did any of these guys put up um, numbers better than you would expect? Almost. I'm not even saying they have, you know, again, I'm not looking top of the league here. I'm looking at they're saving above expected. They're doing pretty well. There's maybe something there that if they want to be brought into backup Vanacek so Schmidt can get full HL time, and then, you know, they're basically just cast aside when we bring Schmidt up for playoffs anyway. Uh, is there Are these yeah. guys like a good stopgap for the year, basically? Any, yeah, anything? so just for context, Vanacek in 52 games saved 
just above five goals above expected. Uh, Phoenix Copley saved 4.7 in 37 games. So he's serviceable. Yeah, no, that's, again, uh, so I'm with you there. One year, very cheap deal. Money would easily work. Uh, the only reason, again, I think that they would do it is they're carrying three. They're not going to just send one through waivers to get it clean for free. They'd rather get some sort of asset back. And they're a, they're a playoff competing team. You know they're gonna want to spend to the cap. They just did a big move for Pierre Luc Dubois. They're they're looking to win out there. So, you know that that's uh, uh, kind of what you know stood out to me a bit for them. Next team again. Let me double check this because one of my other teams actually threw me for a loop and moved to goalie. But uh, I got four more names, each probably worse than the next. All right. Great. I'm ready. All FAs here, all free agents. We're not talking trades. This is pure money, boys. Probably all cheap. You ready? We got Halak. We got Halak. We've got Thomas Grice, and we got Brian Elliott, all of which are 37 years or more. Okay. I Again, this this is on the thought process that they want Schmidt in the AHL and that they want someone else to pair with Vanacek potentially as a stopgap maneuver, Halak, Thomas Grice, Brian Elliott, and I got one more name that's going to be the, my end piece. Uh, I would be fine with Halak. I wouldn't want any of them, especially not Grice, because he's a douchebag off the ice. Um, yeah, isn't he like an actual Nazi? Like, not even like, yeah. you know, like hyperbole. Like, isn't he like a real like, Nazi? He, he's a neo-Nazi. Our organization is so big on yeah. not that stuff that there's yeah. no shot they bring right. in someone like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't see it. I, don't I only brought his happening. name up so we could shit on him, really. Let's as, go. Yeah. But so you're there I, for I Hala, no interest in Brian Elliott. You know, none and not even a little bit. No. Any other comments before I get to my my I, bombastic last goalie? I can I interrupt you with a goalie of my own? Sure. Go uh, for it. I don't know if this is your last guy. I'm sorry if it is. Dan Vladar. Nope. Uh, he's on the trading block because why would that be anyone's guy? I don't know, but he, I know he's on the trading block because Markstrom, for some reason, wants to stay in the atomic mess that is Calgary right now. Uh, well, I'd be fine with Lindor. His numbers are, bleh. Uh, I mean, if it's one of those, he's fairly cheap. He's only got one year. No, he's got two. Never mind. He's got two years. I don't know if I want to commit to two at two point two. Uh, yeah, that's fair. That, that's uh, no. I'm gonna say no. Yeah, if it was one year, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Right. You know, it's one year. Not with that second year, I'm I'm full out actually. Yeah. So BP, you had one. Yeah, I got one more before we we get the uh, the Oppenheimer atomic bomb last goalie here. Um, but uh, yeah, shameless plug. They're paying. You know, uh, Christopher Nolan's paying me to say that now. Um, but uh, I don't I don't think he's even close to available. But I've heard like rumblings of. You know, with with the team rebuilding slash just not being good, that he has to come available eventually. What about Thatcher Demko? Yeah, I, I really like Demko a lot. Yeah, I I mean this he, last season I think was rough on term. him, but I I he was great. Was this one one down year for him? Yeah, literally the only one. Only down year. Uh, I I read that doesn't concern me too much, especially on the. <laughs> You guys know my thoughts on Vancouver. Uh, and actually, I like Van- I actually like a lot of the Nucks players. My issues are really with the fan base, but I don't got to get into really that. They really are. They are the worst fan base. Uh, for Demko, he's got three more years left at five, so there would have to be some money to make yeah, that work. Right. Uh, he's 27. Age really Perfect. lines up pretty great. Uh, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm absolutely there for Demko. I think acquisition cost is going to be pretty expensive. Super. Uh, is, if he was trying to get out uh, and brought that price down somewhat, but, again, I think he'd – you would need retention, uh, so I think he'd be pretty expensive. How expensive? I haven't actually thought too much on him, uh, but yeah, no. Depending on how much it would cost to get him, I'd be down for Demko. Full silly season. We could also throw Quinn Hughes into that trade. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I'm not looking to trade him because they're going to charge us an arm, two legs, and everything else. Uh, so I mean, he's going to come here for free after four more seasons. So whatever. Not exactly. <clears throat> any any guesses on my last goalie? Uh, how how spicy is it? You know his name, so it's not you, you know who it is. Is that that's it? That's all I know is his name. I mean, no, you, you know Wait. the veteran. You said it was free agent, right? Free agent. 
Let me see it's if I can be, out a little bit more. It's, it's uh, got to be Corey Crawford, right? No, no. Age is not that restrictive. He's not young. <laughs> but we're not talking, you know, he's not 37 plus like the other guys I named. He's He used to be really uh, good, and he's not been very good for a long time. Uh, bounced around in recent years. Wedgwood? <clears throat> nope. I oh, got five, signed, more, five more seconds, uh, and I'm dropping the name. <clears throat> is uh, Longest tenured with the show. Yeah, you can get an extent. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. Played with Seattle last season. Oh, Martin Jones. Martin Jones. My man is currently 33 years old. He has had a bombastic recent stretch of play going back four or five seasons. Uh, but but he plays. You know, 48 games last year, 35 before that. He can handle a workload. He can handle a backup type role. He's a veteran guy. If Dawes has to go down, you want some sort of stopgap that will take a cheap deal. I mean, he will take a cheap deal, and he's not so old that he's looking to be out of the league quite yet. Martin Jones is out there, and if there's a even hope of a certain, like if you want to jump Gibson because you think his numbers in Anaheim are garbage, but he could bounce back, or uh, any number of just goalies that had a poor stretch but had better play previously, I mean, Martin Jones is going to be the cheapest one. Free agent, he's going to take like a one mil deal or something. So he's out there. It's yeah, an option. I mean, that's fine. His his goals saved, if I expected, were negative seven, but he played 50 games. So it's that, that negative seven is a lot like less threatening than it sounds. I mean, Seattle was really strong. I know it's goals saved above expected, so it's fairly uh, separate from team. But yeah, you know, 48 games. He can play. I, I think I think he might be a bit of a wild card option for the team if they are dead set on Schmidt going down and trading for a better goalie is just too high cost of acquisition. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be fine with it. I don't really have any strong feelings one way or another on Martin Jones. Do you guys have any final comments or thoughts to wrap up our goalie episode? Uh, uh, the answer is Corey Schneider. I wish. Very clearly. I wish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, uh, I, I got I got nothing of substance. I'm only going to bring this up because we're talking goalies. Uh, I talked about it on my morning show, which means none of you heard this. So our EU amateur goalie scout is Anders Nilsson. Uh, retired from the league, I believe it was just a couple seasons ago. Played 161 career games. Do you know what's a nice little interesting factoid about mm-hmm. Anders Nilsson? He is the first NHL goalie to... Uh, Put a pride flag on his mask. That's awesome. And he was at development camp today working with our boys. And, uh, you know, we were talking goalies. So figured it was a nice little tidbit to bring up. Yeah, absolutely love to see that. No question about it. Awesome. Especially with the James yeah, Reimers which, of be, the league. Yeah. yeah. That's, I'll be, uh, I'll be reporting in tomorrow from, from dev camp. Yeah, me too, actually. I didn't tell you this. I, I'll be there tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh wow. We actually get to to well, let me know which side of the rink you're sitting no. on. I'll make sure to get the exact opposite. Perfect. Then yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll probably next episode we'll see what kind of transpires over the next couple of days. We maybe we'll dabble in some more free agency like winger defense talk. Maybe maybe we'll do a deep dive on uh, development camp because we will have gotten the three on three scrimmage. We're gonna have multiple people there. Uh, in person so we can get some good thoughts uh, about the what we're not seeing from our media uh, about it. I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, but to wrap up the goalie discussion before we do outros, JP, did you want to plug something that might be might be coming up here oh, soon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Relevant to our goalie conversation? Yeah, so I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a spicy article coming out on the uh, on the hockey writers uh, within the next day or two about who I personally think the greatest goaltender of all time is. Uh, keeping in mind that I write for the Sabres there and not the Devils. It's still Brodor. I don't, I don't care. Yeah, whatever you say, man. Sure. I'll, I'll agree <clears throat> with that for the sake of the pod. It's Akira Schmidt, so... <laughs> no, yes. Yes. It's, uh, yeah. It's, it's right, Vladar. <laughs> we'll see how that discussion uh, <laughs> plays out on Devils Twitter and different social groups and... Maybe we'll make that a topic uh, for one of our episodes as well, because I know we don't all agree on exactly where you ended up with some of these goalies. So not even a little I bit. No, 
I and I will wreck you dorks when it comes to it. Okay. All right. <laughs> so we guys uh we'll see you guys in a couple days. Uh for anyone that does watch my morning show, I'll see you tomorrow morning. Uh for Jake here, the other boys. Jesper Brad's the best player in the NHL. <laughs>